Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we're able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. We will miss Mitchell this week, but... We have a replacement that is even better, although blood is not much different. (laughs) Welcome, Mitchell's son and nationally ranked triathlete, Lane Hollis. Hello. It's nice to be here. Very nice to be here. Glad you're here. We're going to, today we're going to share a story from a Run for God stalwart. Uh, Terry Price shares his idea of being thankful even when things are tough and when we're faced with really bad odds. So how do we look at things when things are tough? That's that's the question. And then I'll share a story based on a colloquial phrase that um, is used by many young folks today. So you've probably heard it before. Yes, I have. Yeah. Uh, first, let me share this uh, from a Facebook post. I thought maybe we'd share every week we might share something that's a, a, a post uh, that just struck me. And this week, this is the one that, that struck me. Uh, and it's from somebody. Her name is Kathy Sue. And here is her post. She says, hi, my name is Kathy. I'm 46 and getting back into running. I am part of the 1%. I ran a marathon in 2014. I didn't train well. And unlike Dean, I didn't stop when I should have. Pretty sure my stress fracture occurred at mile 20, but I finished the last 10K by walk walk running. I finished, but the cost was too high. It took six months before my doctor would release me from light duty at work and even consider letting me ease back into running. First, I didn't trust my ankle. Then work stress took over as well as the excuses. I've only run or run or walked five, a 5K and two half marathons since then, and I've added an hour to my finish times. I've always wanted to do a Disney run, and my birthday is the same week as the run. I'm ready to try coming back, but I struggle every day to overcome the excuses, fears, and voices in my head. Part of my why is also to lose weight, but also outrun genetics as long as I can. I'm trying to outrun diabetes, cancer, or heart attack. I want to be an 80-year-old runner, not living through pharmacology. My father and one grandfather both died of heart attacks with diabetes. One grandmother died of cancer and diabetes. My other grandfather died of leukemia. My other grandmother had a triple bypass, and my aunt just had a heart attack and stent placed over Thanksgiving. I'm trying to outrun a lot here. But with God's grace and help, I'm determined. I can't do it alone. Last week, I didn't run at all. The excuses won. I'm home from work. My workout clothes are on, and I'm going to jump on the treadmill. I just wrote Disney 26.2 on my mirror to help push me. I put on my new T-shirt and took 10 photos before I settled on one. If if you've read this far, you are part of my new tribe. Thank you for inspiring me to take another step. Drop me a line anytime. Week 5, day 1, Christ strengthens me through all things. What if I fail? But what? If what if you fly, hold me up and let's do this together, Kathy Sue. 
Listen, there's so many out there just like Kathy Sue who who need that encouragement, and um, we appreciate you sharing your heart, Kathy. So so appreciated. Um, and folks, if you're out there and you're encouraging people just like Kathy. You're making a huge difference, so keep on doing that. For some folks, it is just life-giving to share. So keep encouraging one another. Uh, Again, thank you, Kathy, for your story, and um, we hope to see you at Disney next year. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. All right. Hey, Lane, let's catch everybody up on just who the heck you are, right? All right. Uh, Yeah. You're the number two ranked triathlete, junior elite triathlete in the country, right? You're a senior at Cahulla Creek High School. Um, you're headed for the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, yeah. with Coach Andy, who everybody heard on this podcast just, or heard in the 5K Challenge episode yes. just a few weeks yeah. ago and on the podcast. Um, you're an excellent student, right? I would say so. Yep, yep, yep. Um, well, I know so. I, I coach college athletes. I know you're a great student. Um, you play in the praise band at church. Yes. Uh, and most importantly, you're a child of the king. And we're talking about Jesus here, not Mitchell. Yes, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Uh, that's a lot on your plate, right? It is. My goodness. How do you get all that done? Yes. It's only 24 hours. So you got to make the most of all of them. That's, and you do a good job of that. Uh, so how much training are you doing on an average week right now? So right now, uh, probably around 22, 23 hours a week. Um and that's between swimming, yes. cycling, and running. Biking, running, and a little bit of strength stuff, you know. Yeah. A little bit of lifting, not too much. Um, so, yeah, it's usually eight, ten hours of swimming, um, five, six hours of running, and six-ish hours of swimming, and about an hour and a half of lifting each week. It's usually what it kind of consists of. So, so about three hours a day, yeah. roughly. Yeah, that's a that's a big chunk of the day. Yeah, it is. Uh, and in 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 between, you got all this other stuff going on. So yeah. you've you've got to be efficient at what you do. Yeah. So your triathlon season is just about to start, right? It is. It is. I'm actually leaving in the next couple weeks to go to Florida um, for three races. And are there some big things on the line in those races? Well, there was. There was. They actually. So I have two races in Clearmont and then one race in Sarasota, Florida the next weekend. Okay. And the Sarasota race was supposed to be a pretty important race. Um, It was supposed to be an international race, and it was supposed to be a qualifier for the – I forget what the exact name is. I think it may be Pan American something, but it was in uh, Colombia. Okay. And so – or maybe it was in – Dominican Republic and so that race just recently got changed to a US only race and it's no longer a qualifier but it still is a pretty big race and it's one of my favorite races in the year Sarasota Florida yeah it's amazing there so yeah and so on the first weekend though uh, you, you race twice right don't you race yeah. on Saturday and then Sunday Saturday and then Sunday yeah, yeah. that's uh for most people thinking about racing on back-to-back days is a little yeah. scary that's uh yeah it, it definitely is it's a it's a good learning experience though especially with um these type of races where you can just go in and if you if you do bad you have 12 hours to turn around and try to change something 
or if you do good, you can you know try something else the next day. It's, it's just an interesting dynamic that I've only ever done once, and that was that's been years ago. So yeah, I remember that. I was down there when you did that. Yeah, uh, I remember that that kick at the end. You and two other guys just uh, battling it out at the end. It was it was an exciting race, very exciting. Um, so. What opportunities in the grand scheme of things are you looking for this year? What, what what are your goals for the year? Yeah, so some of the bigger opportunities that I have for triathlon is um, Pan American Games, which that is in – Pan American Games is in Columbia. Um, the World Finals, which the location is yet to be determined, but um, that's still on the calendar for September nationally ranked i'd love to be want to be number one in the u.s and then um a good cross-country season first year in college cross-country season that'll be interesting and then track season this year which is going to be my first kind of full high school track season that i'm going to get to do yeah um and so there's a lot of interesting things that i'm going to try to do this year so does your schedule with the track schedule and the triathlon schedule kind of line up this year for you to be able to do that a little bit yeah there's there's I get to go to the first meet and then I'm gonna miss three meets after that because of the week I'm gonna be in Florida. Yeah. But then after that I'm gonna get to do pretty much everything. Good. Um. So that's nice because I've I've never been able to do that because I'm always in. Usually it's Virginia that conflicts with the sectional right. track meet. Um. But it doesn't uh, this year. Yeah, which is the one right before you go to state, and so. But yeah, so Good. it should be exciting. Good. Well, let's talk about last week's trivia question. Um, and this, we got a treat for you this week on this week's trivia question. You'll figure that out here toward the end of this thing. Uh, okay, so here's the, the question from last week. The marathon got its name from a soldier in ancient Greece who ran from Marathon, Greece, to Athens. Uh, Athens, Greece, to bring news of a military victory. And what was his name? We've talked about it before. Everybody knows the story of Pheidippides. Or as Dean Carnassus called it when I interviewed him, he called him Fidipedes or something something along those lines. I can't Fidipedes, I think, is what it, it is in Greek. Um, but the story of Fidipides, you know, the story is is that they they have this battle in Marathon and then they finish this battle, they win, and he takes the message of the victory back to the palace to basically tell everybody that we won and in, in saying that the the words that he he speaks is nike nike which is uh which is where nike comes from yeah. uh we win we win and um and, and there's some dispute about exactly what he said but that's that's basically what he says and um that's the story, right? And it's a great story. And the distance from Marathon to, to Athens is it's actually about 25 miles, not 26.2. There's a whole different story behind why it's 26.2. But that's where we get the marathon from. And, uh, of course, he, he dies shortly after declaring that. Well, when you know the backstory to it, you maybe understand a little bit more why he died. <laughs> because that was just the finishing touches of what he had done. So early, what had happened was that the, the um, Persians had moved in close to Marathon and the uh, uh the Athenians were about to get overrun by them, and they knew they were going to have to go into battle. So they thought, well, best way for us to go into battle is to get the Spartans to join us. And so what they did was they dispatched Pheidippides, um, who was a hemerodrome. I, I, 
whether I'm saying that right or not, I don't know. But that's basically basically it, which means day runner or courier or professional running courier, or some people call it a day long runner. Anyway, the idea is that what what he did was he he brought messages from place to place over long distances, and so he took this message about 240 kilometers, which is about 150 miles from the town of Marathon to this to uh, Sparta. And so over a like a 36-hour time period, he runs 150 miles. And then think about this. He does that, and then he has to try to convince the Spartans to join them in battle. So here's a guy who's completely trashed because he's run for 150 miles, and he's got to put on a good face, right, to say, we need you guys to join us. Uh, and he, he does that. He convinces the Spartans. The problem was the Spartans couldn't. They couldn't come right away. For religious reasons, they had to wait eight days. And so... Pheidippides gains their support. He runs the 150 miles back to Marathon in another 36 hours. So in 72 hours, he's run 300 miles. And he goes back and tells them they'll join us, but they can't do it for eight days. Well, what happens is the Athenians decide we can't wait eight days. So they go into battle anyway without the Spartans. They win the thing. And that's when Pheidippides makes this last trek. So he's run 300 miles up until this point. So it's it's really a bigger deal than what what we we hear. Yeah. And uh, yeah. but a great one, a great one. There's a, a Robert Browning wrote a poem about Pheidippides and and I, I I think it's cool. So I thought I might share that and it says, "So when Persia was dust, all cried to Acropolis, run Pheidippides, one race more, the mead is thy due." Athens is saved. Thank Pan. Go shout. He flung down his shield, ran like fire once more in the space twixt the fennel field. And Athens was stubble again, a field which a fire runs through till he till in he broke. Rejoice, we conquer like wine through clay. Joy in his blood, bursting his heart. The bliss. So I just thought I'd share that. There's some things in there that aren't quite um Christian, Christian based and and uh, biblical, but it's just it's neat to know yeah. that. Somebody... And on this story, I while Dean was saying that, I did a little calculations because I'm a math guy. But running that far in three days, I don't know if anyone's familiar with the Moab 240, the 240 mile trail race. That is faster than the person who won the Moab 240 wow. last year, and he went. 60 miles more. Wow. And so running 300 miles in 72 hours, the person who won the Moab 240, I think, was like 58 hours. So he was running faster than the person who won the recent Moab 240. And the guy who ran the Moab 240 had the the all the special fueling stuff and probably had some aid stations along the way and things like that. And you know what he ate? Figs. Yeah. Figs. Yeah. He did it on figs. <laughs> yeah. So uh, think about that. Uh, so that today they have the, the Spartathlon today, which is a race from Athens to Sparta, which is basically based on this whole this whole thing. Um, and then, of course, if you haven't read the book The Road to Sparta by Dean Karnazes, Dean Karnazes is uh, maybe the most popular ultra runner in the world. Um, great 
interesting guy. We had him on our on a, a Thursday night. We had him. Um, I think we did a podcast with Dean. He great guy, great ambassador for the sport of running. He wrote this book called The Road to Sparta. He, he is ath- actually um, Greek in origin. That's where his family is from, and so he got to go back to his roots and trace his route and do all of these things. And he's got a real passion for that whole story. So check out The Road to Sparta if you're more interested in that that story. Uh, hey, we have T-shirts out there, uh, and they're a great conversation starter. Of course, Run for God was started with a T-shirt, and the story behind that, many, many people know. It's been told many, many, many times, uh, but you can get one of those T-shirts, too. All you have to do is go to runforgodrunclub.com or runforgod.com and check out the store, and you can uh, you can purchase your own Run for God T-shirt and wear it out in public, and people will ask you, what is Run for God? And you get the opportunity to share with them, which is awesome. Now, as always, we're proud to be sponsored by the world's greatest digital music platform, J Radio. While you are working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We have partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Mitchell, Lane, Holly, me, and others that you hear on the Run Club podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlists now at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. Okay, we're back. And remember that you can send messages to dean at runforgod.com. Um, if you don't know about us, again, go to runforgod.com to learn more um, or runforgodrunclub.com and learn more about who we are. If you've just happened on this podcast, welcome. We're so glad you're here. But uh, there's more to Run Club than just the podcast. So make sure you check that out. Also, we're looking for stories. We're always looking for stories from people who want to share their experience about where their running and their faith has made a difference in their life. And so we would love to hear your story. We all have one. Uh, and you can share your story at one of those websites at runforgod.com or runforgodrunclub.com. Or, you, frankly, you can send your story directly to me. If you do, send that with some scripture references and some questions that we can use on the podcast. And uh, we will be glad to use your story. Now, if you're close enough by, like Angie Hawkins was, then maybe we can have you right here in the studio. And you can be a part of the actual podcast and tell your story yourself, which is pretty cool. Uh, if you're interested in doing that, let us know. Maybe we can and do that. Uh, before we get to the story this week, uh, let's talk about the Couch to Marathon program. How is it going? If you're in the Couch to Marathon program, I hope that you are doing well. It looks good. I'm on the Facebook page from time to time, and I see everybody posting their workouts and edifying each other and lifting each other up. It's really, really cool to watch all of that. And I hope that we're going to have a big group. You know, we'd love to have a thousand people at Disney next year, and that means you. So keep it up. I've gotten some messages from a couple of folks that started and then didn't make it very long before they had to drop out. Uh, hopefully, if you're listening to this, that's not you. There is still t- still time to get involved, particularly if you're somebody who has already been running some. You've got plenty of time to get involved. So uh, we would love to have some more people on this journey with us right so again couch to marathon keep it up you're doing great 
Here's a question. Are we truly thankful for our trials? That's a tough thing to do, isn't it? It's really, really tough to be thankful for the tough stuff that we go to. So this week, we're going to share a story from Terry Price. He's from Ohio, and this is kind of his take on that. His story is entitled, Thankful for the Trials. Okay, here's a question for everyone out there. How many of us are thankful for the trials in our lives? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Yeah, me neither. But I have learned what the passage of the first chapter of James is talking about when it says to be thankful for our various trials because it will grow us up. That's the TPV version, the Terry Price version. (laughs) A little more than three years ago during the Akron Half Marathon, I tripped while making the turn for the finish. When I say this, understand that I... All I had left was a right turn into an alley to go down a hill and make a left into the stadium. I was literally less than one-tenth of a mile from the finish, seriously. I tripped because my foot hit a manhole cover, which caused me to lose control of my direction and sent me headfirst toward a guard fence that they had lined up. Now, those of us who have tripped know that our body's tendency is to recover, compensate, and right ourselves, which my body tried to do. Only problem was my physique is more like a truck. And like Randy Travis once said, trucks can't stop on a dime. (laughs) When I tried, I did stop. But at that same moment, my left ankle turned. I heard a pop and felt the worst pain I'd ever felt. My foot immediately swelled up and my race day was over. I finished my race in a wheelchair at the medical tent because at that moment, I thought I had broken my ankle. And try as I might, I could not go another step. Looking back, I thought maybe I shouldn't have tried to stop and took my chances with the metal guard, but I digress. The ER docs deemed it a high ankle sprain and told me, ice it, rest it, it will get better, which uh, which is what it did, and it did, to a point. I kept having this nagging pain in the in that ankle over the next three years and six and a half marathon and six half marathons as well as many 5Ks later. Fast forward to one day when I gave in and had a heart-to-heart talk with my podiatrist and told him it just didn't feel right. He checked it out, and sure enough, he said I had torn ankle cartilage uh, that led to osteoarthritis and a torn peritoneal tendon that desperately needed to be repaired. Long story short, he said to take my time and do the surgery when I was ready, which meant I just couldn't stand the pain, which the rehab would take six to nine months to get back. Well, I got to that point fast and had the procedure, which was a good thing because when it finally, when he finally did it, he told me the tendon was much worse than he first thought. He used the word shredded, if that's any indication. I wound up in recovery with a six-inch scar and a lot of work ahead. This might sound crazy, but I'm thankful for all of this. Don't get me wrong, I love running and wish sometimes it wouldn't have happened, but I'm actually thankful for this experience. Why, you ask? Well, there are many reasons, but let me give you just a few. First, my wife Teresa was born with a disability, infantile cerebral palsy. She has trouble with balancing and walking, but it allows us to hold hands when we go places. And truth be told, I love holding her hand. She doesn't run, but she has always supported me doing it, and she is one of my heroes. 
All this said, I never truly understood what she and others with disabilities go through from day to day. That is, until I was relegated to a knee scooter and various store electric carts. I got to see how unthinking and unkind some people could be to people with disabilities when they cut you off walking or park too close in parking spots and even how they would look at you differently. It was an experience, even if it was just for a few weeks, and it gave me a new appreciation and respect for my lovely wife that I didn't have before. The second reason is that it drew me to more dependence on God. I have always tried to do do like the song says, trust and obey. But this time, I finally understood the second part, for there is no other way. Many times, I had to depend on the kindness of others instead of doing for myself. Teresa had to carry my food in so I could eat and get me numerous ice packs for my foot. She's so sweet and such a servant, but sometimes I would whine to God about it because I always tried to do for her and wasn't used to having her do for me that way. We had... We had friends and my daughter go grocery shopping for us. And I remember one time after a shower having to call one of my brothers from my life group to help me put my orthopedic boot back on because I couldn't. What have I ever done to deserve such great brothers and sisters in my life? I know this. It has changed me for the better. So again, I ask, are you thankful for the trials in your life? Oh, I know they aren't fun. But maybe, just maybe, if you look deep and long enough, you will see God's plan in all of it. I know I did. <laughs> you know, sometimes I feel guilty when uh, when I see someone struggling with a disability, and then I think about myself, and I don't know if you've ever thought about this, Lane, but uh, as, uh, as somebody who is hyper-able, you know, I can I can run faster than most people can, and I, I get to do things that a lot of people can't do. Uh, sometimes I feel guilty about that. You ever think about that? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's, and that's also a way that you know people who are able to do that that can be motivated because it's not if you go out for a run, you can think of it as it's not I have to do this, but it's more of like I get to do this. Yeah. You know, we think about. Like I'm not gonna, you know, go into detail, but some of the some of the some of the pro runners nowadays, there's a few in specific that just had awful childhoods. Yeah. And sometimes that can be how an athlete can push so hard because it's just in perspective. Yeah. Um. And so that's that is interesting, and it is it is a little bit of a guilty feeling when you're sitting there and you're like, oh, oh my goodness, why do I have to do this workout? And then later that day, you see someone who, even if they wanted to do the workout, they could not be able to do it. And so, and you had somebody close when, and we've had Harmony on this podcast. So you had yeah. somebody on your team who who had a disability, and she got out there and she ran. It was it, it it's a whole different ball game for her to do that. And yeah. uh, but man, kudos to yeah. to people who overcome those things, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you ever think about why God gave you the abilities that He did? I think about that all the time yeah. for myself. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh it's it's there's a there's a saying you got to play the cards that you're dealt. Yeah. And um some people get caught up on why can't I do this or why can't I do that, but you know, God did give you the abilities that he gave you for a certain reason. Yeah. 
Um, and so we need to we need to use the cards that we're dealt because we have no clue what's in store for next year or the next or the next. So we have to play on the smartest and to God's will right now. Yeah. So well, Terry's story kind of kind of says that, doesn't it? One minute he's running a you know he's running a, a marathon or half marathon as a marathon marathon, yeah. and the next minute you know he's he's in a wheelchair. I mean. Think about the the extreme that we can go to from one day to the next. We got to be thankful for what we have today. Yeah. Verse of Scripture, James one two through four. My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into diverse temptations, knowing this that the trying of you, your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. <laughs> patience. <laughs> not my strong suit. Yeah. Uh, and I know it's not yours either. Definitely it, not. It's funny we were having we were having a discussion me and your dad one day and he's he looked at me cuz I was getting frustrated at trying to get something to work. He goes, "You're just like Lane." Uh, like, yeah. yeah, I get Lane. I get him. <laughs> yeah, this patience is not one of my uh one of my virtues, but and do you notice that when you don't have patience, God will give you extra opportunities to work on it? Yes, yeah. yes. That is a that is something that I have always not always told people, but I thought is a good saying. It's a and it's universal. If if you if you pray for if you pray to be courageous, God's not going to give you courage. He's going to give you the opportunity to be courageous. And same thing with patience. If you pray for patience, then chances are. You're going to be spending two hours at DMV the next day. <laughs> You're absolutely right. My wife tells me that all the time. Don't pray for patience. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so do you remember – I remember a time – This you're so much better now than you used to be, but I remember a time when you would struggle in a workout and you would get so frustrated in those workouts. You remember those workouts? I do. I do. I actually have – you know, I have some notes on my computer and I have one word on my computer – um, that describes the workouts that I would get frustrated with. And the one word is tempo. And for yeah. those of you out there, a tempo workout is a workout where you are running at probably like, like let's say a sprint is 10. You're running at like seven and a half, seven. Yeah. It would probably maybe six and a half, but let's just say seven. So in comparison to a sprint, seven's pretty hard, and you just gotta sit there and do that for thirty minutes. And and you know Dean would give me paces to hit, and it's just demoralizing when in the first two minutes you're not hitting the pace, and then you gotta sit there for twenty five minutes and just. But I mean that those are the workouts where I get the most frustrated. But in the long run, I guess what what we found out was how much your brain got in the way, right? Because yeah. after a while, you got to the point where you you knocked those out like it was no big deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's all a mindset thing, it right? Is. Man, oh man. Uh, so you think those struggles then made you better today? Absolutely, yes. Because you know, like physical struggles are one thing, but mental struggles, you know, there's a lot of talk about you know athletics sports being a lot physical or a lot mental and a little bit of physical you know they say it's like 80 or 90 percent mental and 10 percent physical i think that's the way life is too i mean if you the mentality if not even more the mental side in life um 
so yeah, I think it definitely any struggles can you know make you better mentally. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and he, the the bad part is is that while you're in the middle of the struggles, it's really hard to see it. That's where uh, that's where I struggle the most is and what now it only takes me a few seconds removed you know to yeah. see that the struggle was was okay, but yeah. in the moment, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like two minutes after the tempo run, you're like, wow. I just I may have not hit all of the paces, but that was a very good workout. But in the moment, you're just like this. I'm I'm doing nothing. I might as well be <laughs> eating cheeseburgers right now. <laughs> uh, Romans eight eighteen. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. You know, this is where I think we go we go wrong so often. We don't like it when bad things happen, so we wallow in it, right? We get we get all worked up about whatever those bad things are. And the truth is is we should be looking ahead to what is going to be and not where we are today. And we do that a lot. Sometimes we can do that in, in running in the macro sense. Yeah. Like we, we know that we're not in great shape today, but we know if we'll just put our nose to the grindstone that, that we're going to get there. Yeah. But in the moment when you're when you're in one of those growing, growing pain moments, yeah. it's hard to recognize it there. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. But imagine how hard it would be if as hard as you train all those hours you put in a training. Imagine how hard it would be to do that training without ever thinking about the idea of the race because imagine how hard that training would be if you felt like because that's right that's the reason why you do it so i know i know how you are because i'm the same way you you picture that race and you think about that race and you know there's a goal out there and that's why you can complete that workout so um i, I can't imagine not being able to have that to think about because uh, it wouldn't be worth it yeah. <laughs> sometimes it wouldn't be worth it uh and then you look at the suffering during a race, um, and I think about this. You know, they talk about – I can't remember the quote, but the the pain of the race is not as bad as the regret of, of not pushing through. You know, the the idea that, that the reason why you push so hard is because you don't want to get to the end of the race and go, I could have pushed harder. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah it's, it's kind of – which there's no one – I don't know of anybody – who has said this but they get done with a race you know you can always push during the race and decide oh I don't want to do that again but at least you've done it which by the way never heard someone say that <laughs> but if you don't do the race and you're like oh my goodness I, I wish I would have done that that is such a worse feeling than you know than worst case scenario you get done with the race you're like I don't want to. I don't want to do that again. Yeah. But most of the time, it feels amazing when you get done. And yeah. so. Yeah, that's a true story. John thirteen eight. Peter said to him, "You shall never wash my feet." Jesus answered him, "If I do not wash you, you have no share with me." We'd probably be uh, the same way if Jesus was here today, right? If Jesus was here. Well, think about this. What if the president of the United States came to you and says, "I'm going to wash your feet." <laughs> Right. Or pick any other kind of menial task. That was kind of a menial task of their day. Today, we don't do that necessarily, but there's other menial tasks. You know, imagine the president of the United States saying, hey, let me uh, let me grill you a burger. 
you know, you're like, no, you don't have to do that. For, why would you do that for me? That would be crazy, right? Put your dishes up or yeah. wash your clothes. Yeah, it would be crazy. Um, and the idea that Jesus is so much more important than even the president of the United States, yeah. right? And so here's Jesus saying, I'm going to wash your feet. And Peter's going, oh, no, you're not. That's 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 below you. Um, but Jesus' whole illustration there is he he wants us to have that servant attitude and so he had that servant attitude because that's what he wants from us right yeah. Yeah. It, it has to be part of who we are um i remember just not long ago back in december you helped me through that 5k yeah um and i know you're pretty you're pretty pumped about it yeah i was i was and uh and it made you feel good, right? It did. To help somebody out. And, yeah. and especially as successful as it was way above, it was above our expectations. Yeah, it was. And uh, I'm sure during the race, I don't know, was there any point during the race where you thought, man, I, I, I'm, got to, I'm, I'm having to run hard here to keep up? No, that, not, it never got to that point. There was, a, there was a point where we, so there was a, at one point in the course, you're probably like, I don't know, three quarters of a mile from being finished and you top this hill. And you make a right turn, and you're down this long straightaway. And I don't want to give Dean the confidence in saying that I was hurting. <laughs> but but I kept getting faster, and he was not slowing down. He was just going with me, and we were way under pace. And I was like, wow, this is – but it was, like, fun, and it was exciting, like, in the moment. And so it was – it was very fun to do that. For those of you who haven't heard the episode where we talked about it, Lane, I, we ha- I was shooting for a state record. The state record was 1724, I think it was. And I was shooting for that, that state record. It was for my age group, a 55-year-old. And so Lane paced me through that and helped kind of drag me along so that I could I could break that record. And I wound up running 1637, which was way faster than I thought I could run. I was hoping that there might be a chance to break 17, but 1637 was way faster than I thought I could run. But I remember topping that hill and making that turn because that was the point at which I said, all right, if I still feel good at the top of this hill, I am going after uh, – yeah. I can't remember the guy that won it. His name, Lance. Lance. I'm going after. I'm going. I'm going to give it everything I've got to try to catch him and run him down. And so that's that was the point. You felt that because it was like, all right, I'm going after it, and I yeah. did. And then about halfway down that straight, I was like, I'm not. I'm not. First of all, I'm not going to catch him. I can tell at this point now. I'm not going to catch him. And now I've I've hung myself out there, and this really really hurts yeah. at this point. Yeah. But it was totally worth it. Yeah. And you know we talk about that all the time about going for stuff. And and sometimes you get an opportunity. An opportunity presents itself. I had I had every reason just to go. I'm on pace to run 1645, 1650, and that's great and that's sufficient. And I'll finish this and I'll, and, and I'll more than make my goal that I had. And it would have been great. But there was this opportunity staring me in the face that you, maybe you can beat this kid who's really fast. And so I'm like, well, I got to at least try it, give it everything I've got. And yeah. and that, so in that moment, it was like, here's an opportunity, and I'm not going to get this opportunity any other time. Yeah. Let's do it now. Yeah. Right? It's exciting. Um, and you could have won that race. You could have at any point, you could have just – because you knew I'm – we're a quarter mile from the finish line. Yeah. You you know at that point I know how to get to the finish line. Yeah. You're at that point you're really not helping me as much as you're just running in front of me. Um, the rest of the race was great help, but 
at that point in time, you could have just said, you know what, I'm just going to run. I'm just He's right there. I'm just going to go beat him yeah. and win this thing. Did, and that never crossed your mind, did it? It didn't. No, it didn't. At one point in time, it was funny. And on this straightaway, we had the wind to our face. And I wasn't quite right in front of Dean. And which I'm supposed to be because it would help him draft off of me. And at one point in time, it's like a half mile to the finish. He told me to try to go win the race. I didn't know what he was saying. I thought he was getting on to me because I wasn't blocking the wind for him. And so I looked back and I was like, oh, goodness. And so I, I got myself back in the wind. But even if I knew what he was saying, I would have. It was really fun to pace him and stuff. So. Uh, yeah, that was, but that, you know, that's the servant attitude. That was the attitude that, yeah, I could have won this, but the, the, the higher purpose was to help, help somebody who's tried to help me as much as, yeah. as, as much as he could, yeah. um, to, to do something that was special. And, yeah. uh, and so it was much appreciated, <laughs> by the way. Um, so here's some questions. In what ways has God allowed you to see his mighty hand through trials in your life? I never had any idea that I'd be doing what I do today. You know, um, basically my life every day is trying to help other runners, um, both both uh, physically, spiritually, mentally, all of those things. And if anybody had told me 10 years ago uh, that, that I was going to be doing this at this point in time, I would have told them they were crazy. There's, there's no way. Um, and so I, I think about that because – it took me some trials to get where I am today, right? Um, and I remember a time, uh, I, th- I think about seeing God's hand through things. And I remember a time, and I don't know why this came up, but when I heard, when I read this question, this was the first thing that came to my mind. I haven't thought about this in years, but I thought about this. I was in elementary school. I guess I was fourth grade, fifth grade. And the the school that I went to was probably, and I'm I'm probably I'm probably way off as far as distance goes. I was a kid, but it was like five miles or so. I probably wasn't that. Probably three miles away from where we lived. And I don't know. My mother wasn't there to pick me up when we left. And somebody said something about walking home. And so I decided, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Why, as a fourth grader, I would think it sounds like a good idea to walk home. I have no idea, but I thought, well, let's, let's just do it. And so I walked home. Well, here's the weird part is there were two different ways to get to my school. And there was one way that we usually drove, but the really what, in my opinion at the time, was the little bit shorter route was a little bit different route. Well, I'm going to walk. So I'm thinking, well, I'm taking the short route. And so we walked that route. Well, that day, my mother was on her way to pick me up when I started walking. And because I was walking in the wrong path of where she normally drives, she would have missed me. And imagine a mother getting to a school looking for her son, and he's just not there. I didn't tell anybody I was walking home. Nobody knew what was going on, right? I mean, it would have been a tragic, terrible thing. As a fourth grader, you're not thinking about that. So... But what happened was, for whatever reason, she drove the other way that day. Just out of the blue, something told her to go that way that day, and she passed us on the way, and she saw us on the side of the road and stopped and picked us up. And so I think about that, and I think, 
God was in that moment. God told her to go that way. That's not the way she would have normally gone. But she went that way. Something in her brain said, go this way. And she didn't even know why, but she did. And so I see God in stuff like that all the time. Do you ever see things like that? Yeah, I do. I do. There's just little moments where, like, things things just kind of – and I haven't had anything, you know, huge, I guess, like life-changing or something like that. But just tiny things throughout the day where you're like, oh, my goodness, why did that have to happen? And then, like, five minutes later, it literally just, like, makes your day or something like that. And so it is just funny how things like that happen. Yeah. Yeah, well, God's in the background orchestrating those things. I'm fully convinced. Um, but if you're like me, and I know you are, yeah, you want to be in control, right? Yeah, we all want we want to be in control. Uh, you know, when we're in training, we're always thinking about how we feel like we can do it. You know, if I give you a workout in your mind, I will execute this workout. Whatever it takes, as hard, as bad as it might hurt, I'm going to execute this workout. I remember one workout in particular where we were going to do 30 times 200. And we watched you guys and we thought in the middle of it, we thought they look a little bit too tired today to do 30 today. And so we cut it back to 20 and you were like, nope. I'm doing 30. That's what the workout was. I'm doing the 30. I, I remember that one very specifically. Me and my friend Gavin Aulis were talking about that yesterday yeah. because he did it too. He did the yeah. the extra 10. That is funny. Yeah. <laughs> so why do you think it's so hard to turn everything over to him and, and want to rely on our own strength when we know that he'll he'll be there for us? Yeah, I think it's it's, you know, for – someone like me and you who wants to be in control I don't think it's so much as we can't let go but it's more of like it's more of here God but let me help you out a little bit (laughs) and that's not the because I don't think we have a problem like if anyone were to ask us if anyone were to ask me and you if God explicitly told you to give up running I don't think me or you would have a problem with saying we could do that. Right. But if it's, you know, these subtle things like God does nowadays in our lives, it's easy to say, well, I'll just I'll just hold on to that running fitness for a minute so I can yeah. just in case, just in yeah. case this whole thing goes wrong. And so that's the kind of when you ha- when you when you it's just like, you know, in the Bible the I can't remember exactly when Jesus asks the guy to follow him and he says, well, wait, let me go do this real quick. Yeah. You have to be, you have to kind of be all in, yeah. which really, and that's just to show God that, you know, you trust him completely. That's right. And so, but yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah. a challenge. Here's another question. Would you agree that many times we go through trials, not because we did something wrong, but because God is taking us to a new level in our spiritual life? And I don't think there's any question about that. You know, you mentioned before, um, you know, we, we see people all the time who've had a tough time in their life. And then because of what they went through, it's something that they use to help others through the same circumstances. Um, it happens over and over again. So we know that the trials that we go through and all these, these tough things, there's a reason for all of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, Definitely. And and it's not because we do something wrong. It's because God is using that situation. And a lot of times the hard part about it is we don't know why in the moment, and it, and it's hard to understand in the moment. But very often I can look back on 10 years ago and see something bad that happened and go, oh, yeah, I see what you were doing there, God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Job, good example. I know you're you you enjoy reading the book of Job, yeah. and yeah, yeah. Um, Job didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, he didn't. But his friends were trying to tell him he did, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, quick side note about Job and his trust with the Lord. I don't guess I really understood this until a few weeks ago, but. Job was at a point in the time in the Bible where they didn't have scripture. Mm-hmm. They didn't have so it's not like he's sitting there reading proverbs saying, "Okay, all I got to do is wait this whole thing out." They didn't have anything. So all he's going off of is his personal and intimate relationship with the Lord. I thought that was I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know that they didn't really have Scripture in his time. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I had never really thought about that either. That's a really good. It's a really good. And I've studied the Book of Job before, but never thought about it quite in that way. Yeah. It's funny how we learn different things all the time about yeah. scriptures that we've been over over and over again. We read the Book of Job when I was in college. It was part of my college English yeah. class. Was the Book of Job? Yeah. Yep. So uh, that's how far back. My, my Job experience goes. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy how there's these little things in the Bible. Yeah. I won't go into detail, but for the listeners, go. I would encourage you to go to when Jesus asks Peter. Jesus asks him three times yeah. if he loves him. I would encourage you to go find out the Greek words that he uses in that uh, passage. It's pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's a complete, I would say a little bit, it's a completely different meaning every time he asks it, yeah. which most of the time you just read it and you just say, oh, he repeats himself. Why does he do that? I don't know. He's just God. He does whatever he wants. He repeats himself. Peter says whatever. But but each time it's a little yeah. deeper, right? Yeah. 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 And so that was interesting. Yeah. And he gives him he gives him the chance to ask him uh, uh, Albeit a little bit different question, almost the same question three times because how many times had he denied? Yeah, Jesus, yeah. right? Three times. So he gave him. It's it's just it's it's an example of how God just forgives us fully, yeah. right? Yeah. We look at injuries when we're running and we see. It, it's hard to understand why, Lord. I remember a few years ago when you had that problem with your it was your hip, right? And yeah, it was my. It ended up being my my pelvis, but. It kind of we thought it was IT band, and it derailed you pretty heavily. Yeah, I mean it was it was bad, and that's that's kind of where you know God comes into the situation because it was I mean it was this I mean I was training, but from start to finish it was a solid ten months. I mean I didn't race nationals that year, um, and so that was interesting because you know we were doing all these things, and you can say. Well, after 10 months of doing these things, it just got better. But it was kind of, I feel like it didn't, I think back and I feel like it didn't have to be 10 months. Yeah. But it was just, a, it was one of those things where I feel like God had a little bit of 
doing his own thing there. Yeah. Just to kind of, it was a test. I mean, it, it really yeah. was. And yeah. so, but yeah, things like that. Yeah. I remember, I, I think about, you know, it, it's hard to ask in that moment, God, what are you trying to tell me? Right. And, but I remember a moment very specifically, and this was a way less serious moment than what, what you went through, obviously, with that injury. But I remember, I've t- and I don't know if I've told this story on here before. I think I've got a video out there that explains this situation. But I went for five and a half years without missing a day of running. And then I got sick and got the flu one week. Well, you'd think I'd miss a day with the flu. It was so hard for me to run. But I would go down in my basement. I've got a treadmill down there. And I would get on that treadmill. I'd run one mile. And it would take me 15 minutes to finish the mile and then another 20 minutes of sitting on the side of the treadmill just to get my breath back. I mean, it, it was that bad for me to try to run. But I ran that one mile because that's what you have to run in order to consider yourself continuing your streak. So I go through that whole week. Well, I get better by the weekend. And by Saturday, I'm back to running a normal. I think I ran eight miles on Saturday and I felt OK. I didn't feel great. But I felt OK. Um, and then Sunday comes and I'm, I'm working out in the yard and I do some yard work and stuff and. I remember waking up that morning thinking I gotta gotta get my run in, and well, at two o'clock in the morning, I think it was four o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, Monday morning, I woke up and I thought, oh my gosh, I forgot to run. Well, how do you forget to run after you've done it every day for five and a half years? That makes no sense, right? Yeah. Uh, but I sat there, and of course, my first thoughts were, how do I fix it? Back to that thing we were talking about, right? There's got to be something that I can do to fix this situation. And I thought, what is that thing that I can do to rectify what I've done? And of course, nothing I can do. The time is gone. You can't get time back, right? So I remember getting to the point after a few minutes of all those other thoughts and going, all right, God, what are you trying to tell me? Which I think is the point that God wants us to get to when we get in these trials, right? And this was a trial for me. And so I'm like, what what are you trying to tell me? And you know what he told me? He said, listen, he said, I know that sometimes you worry about this running streak thing because you maybe sometimes you feel like you're too obsessed with it and it becomes more important than I do. But here's what I'm trying to tell you. You forgot to run. That must mean that running is not everything that you think about. And I thought that was so comforting to know that God was basically telling me it's okay to run every day. Because it's not your number one thing. And I thought, that was so awesome to hear that from God. But had I not stopped and thought, because I could have gotten very angry at myself about that whole thing. Instead, I didn't. And it was funny because I, I did that. And then I woke up Monday morning. I went for a run Monday. Didn't say a word to anybody. Didn't tell anybody. Nothing. Tuesday goes by. I didn't tell anybody. I think it was Wednesday when I finally said to Debbie, I said, I got, I got to tell you something. And she's looking at me like, oh my gosh, what's he about to tell me? You know, is he, is he cheating on me or something? I don't know what she was thinking, what was going through her mind. But it, it was like, and I said, okay, here's, here's what happened. On Sunday, I didn't run. And she looked at me like, you know, at, at first it was like, oh, she was devastated by it, actually. She thought, oh my gosh, did you really miss a day? And she was really, she really felt bad about it. Yeah. But then she, on the backside, she thought, well, that's not a terrible thing compared to what, what, what I thought it might, might could have been. And uh, anyway, it turned out to be a good thing in the long run. But it all came back to in your trials, looking back and going, God, what are you trying to tell me? 
And it was a good positive message in the long run. And today, as of when I get to August the 16th of this year, and I run on August the 16th of this year, it'll be 10 years that I have run every day except one. (laughs) So, and here's what I think about that is how many people can say they've run every day in the last 10 years except one? Probably nobody. Right? There's a lot of people who can say I ran every day for the last 10 years, but very few who can say I missed one day. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Maybe none. Yeah. I bet most people would just call it quits after yep. they missed one. That's right. So, all right, last question. What are ways we could encourage a brother or sister who may be going through one of those trials? When I read this question, the first thing I thought about was my mom's death. Um I, and I've said this before. I, I've led a pretty good life. I don't. I don't really complain much. I don't have anything to complain about. I have not been through a tough life. And uh, but when I lost my mom, that was one of the tougher things that I had gone through. And I just remember hearing everybody reach out and just a text message or just a message on Facebook or or anything, anything that I knew somebody was thinking about it. And it just it just made me feel better. So sometimes it's just a matter of being there when folks are going through a tough time. Yeah. It's you don't really have to say anything. That's what we think. We think we have to say the magic words, and it's not necessarily magic words that we have to say, right? Um, so if you've been through something, there's probably a reason. So if if you've been through that thing, then I would say help others who are going through that same thing. It's funny how I've changed my attitude toward when somebody has a relative who passes away. I look at it differently now because of my mother and and how that affected me. And I'm way more compassionate now. I'm just not I'm, I'm not an overly compassionate guy. I'm a and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But um, well, yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, so you recently went to Utah, right? Yeah. And you got a chance to kind of hang out with a bunch of people um, who were kind of like you. And uh, and just being around others who who understand makes a difference, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it does. It really does. You get you get once you get to a certain place in anything, and once you once you get to a cert a place where, and this is for anything, a place where there's not there's only a certain group of people like that in the country or state or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good and reassuring to be around, you know, those people. Because one, if you're not surrounded by those people regularly, you can be tricked into thinking maybe you're not like the best, but have that mentality of, well, nobody around me is doing this, so surely I'm doing it right and to the best of my ability. And then you get with these people and you're like, oh, wait, this is like, these people are insane the way they do this. And so... Uh, that's good, and just the yeah, just like the attitude of being around them and uh, and so stuff like that. It's doesn't it make you feel better though to know because a lot of that work you're doing all by yourself basically, right? Yeah. And so sometimes you look at that and go, man, man, is this worth it? But when you see the, and you know now you know you've yeah. you've seen those people, you've talked with them, and you know they're doing the same things that you're doing. Yeah. And it makes doing it a little bit easier, right? It that, does. That. Yeah. Getting up for a five o'clock swim is a little bit easier when you know there's other guys in the country that if I don't do it, yeah. they're they're doing it. Right? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does make it a lot, you know, a lot better 
when you know you may feel like you have too much on your plate Mm -hmm. but then you got to think about one why do i have this much on my plate and if it is to be the best at something then there are other people doing that exact same thing Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of which you know i've always been told it's it's not bad to not want to have something on your plate but you, it's it's all about goals. I mean, what's your yeah. goals? If you if your if your goal is not to become a you know a known athlete, you know, in the nation or world, then you don't you don't have to you don't have to train four hours a day. Um, you can spend time doing other stuff, and so it's it's just all about goals. But when you get with other people who have the same goals, then you're like, oh. This is what you're supposed to be doing and stuff. Keeps you sharp. Yeah. 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 But I will say this: you got to stay in your lane. Whatever your whatever your propensity is, whatever your uh, gifts are that God gives you, you got to stay in your lane. I mentioned that God didn't give me the super compassion gene. He just didn't. That's not that's not who I am. But He did give me the cheerleader gene, which is very similar, right? I love to be encouraging to people, but it's but it's not down the compassionate. Aisle, it's down the. Hey, I just want to encourage you. I want to build, want to build, boost you up. And they're they're very similar, but they are also different. And I would say you have to stick to the talents that God gives you, right? Yes. Yep. You get up early before the kids for your morning workout. Spend some time studying or reading your devotion. And pick up the kids each afternoon. Whatever the moment, J Radio has you covered. Get your account at JRadio.com and download the app in your app store. J Radio, music for every moment. All right, we're back, and if you haven't checked out J Radio, check it out. Remember, there's a Run for God channel on J Radio that you can check out, and you can listen to my podcast or my uh, playlist. You can listen to Lane's pod uh, playlist, uh, Mitchell's, Holly's. You can listen to a lot of different playlists there. So check those out. Um, now it is time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Have you ever heard the phrase, that hit differently? Well, that's what this one's about. This is called the run that hit differently. I've gone out for a run over 10,000 times in my life. I remember many of those runs, though I have forgotten far more. I remember good ones and bad ones, but not much in between. Let me tell you about one I remember. It was a fall Saturday morning, and I went out the door for a long run. It was different from most long runs in that I was going to run to a location where my wife would be, and I would ride home with her. Our grandson had a football game about 17 miles away. So I ran to where his ball game was was going to take place, carefully leaving at the right time to arrive at kickoff time. Most of the time, I know within five to ten seconds the pace I will run for a given day, so the calculation would be accurate if it was a normal day. I set out to run, and within a couple of miles, I realized that I was feeling good that day. I cruised along at a pace that ended about 30 seconds per mile faster than I thought it would be. 
I remember that day because I felt so good for that entire run. It was a day when running felt so easy that I wished it had never ended. When I arrived at the field where the game was being played, I ran an extra mile because I had time. In the parlance of today's young folks, that one hit differently. I hear that phrase and I kind of like it. It hit differently. But why that day? I still don't know today. And it happened years ago. But it hit differently, for sure. I'll tell you what I do know about that magical day. It would not have happened without a whole bunch of ordinary days and even bad days leading up to that day. It came out of the blue, but not really. Everything I had done up to that point had made a difference, but I couldn't feel it. All the runs I'd experienced in the days, weeks, and months leading up to that day seemed like ordinary excursions. It seemed like nothing special was happening. But there were extraordinary things happening I didn't even know about. It's that way for all of us. When you struggle with a run, don't worry. A better run is around the corner. If you go out the door for your regular three-mile run and there is nothing exceptional about that run, it's still preparing you for a special day even though you don't feel it. And that may be the hardest part about being consistent. We don't feel the impact that every run makes to our health and fitness. But when you are consistent, when you do get all those ordinary runs in and even suffer through the bad runs, the ones that hit differently are something to behold. Why else would I remember my 9,781st run at a 10,322? Have you ever witnessed to someone multiple times and it never seems to get through? I'll never forget going through a Bible study, sharing Jesus without fear. The author, William Fay, was a terrible man at one point in his life. He was involved in drugs, prostitution, gambling, and many other ugly things. He had several people in his life who would share Jesus with him, but not only would William not receive it, he would berate those who were bold enough to try. But there was a point at which it hit differently. To this day, he says he never forgot the person, the place, or the words that were shared with him. Even though the people who were trying to tell him about Jesus may have thought that there was no way their words were doing any good, the truth is that it took all of those failed attempts to eventually lead to a time when it would hit William differently. Those bold people who took time to reveal Christ to him may have never heard about the eventual success. But their ordinary day in which they shared Jesus with a man who clearly didn't want to hear it, but who needed to hear it desperately, led to a day when it hit differently. Today, William Fay has emboldened millions of people to tell others about Jesus. We know it's the most important thing we can do, but it would never have happened without the ordinary days that led up to a single bold assertion about our Lord and Savior. If you're having an ordinary day, or even a bad day, while you're out running, don't fret. Good days are coming if you'll just keep running. If you feel like you're banging your head against a wall with someone who doesn't seem to want to hear about Jesus, don't fret. The magical day of his or her salvation could be just around the corner. Just ask William Fay. You ever have one of those days? I have. Yes, I have. I have. I've had two in 
particular that was just it's like one both of which were a run workout just because that's what I pay a lot of attention to run workouts I'm sure I've had swim workouts like that and bikes but I two specific workouts one time one time we did 12 by 400 which is 12 by a quarter mile and I the pace that I was averaging I was I was averaging 64 seconds a lap and which I had one I had never done two I probably was not supposed to be doing but it was just like everything was just flowing and mm-hmm. and it was just and there's not many of those you have there are good days I have many bad days okay days and I have many good days, but there are some days where it's just like it is so just effortless and it's almost like it's almost like you want to go harder, but you're like, I really probably shouldn't be harder going harder, but I could if I wanted to. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of that way. Um another one was I did four by one mile. Um, this was actually recently, and it was just felt like it was effortlessly, effortlessly flowing and stuff, and so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember hearing about that one. <laughs> so, do you use that term? It hit differently. I personally do not. No, no. I know people that do though. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw it. It was actually a Twitter thing that uh, one of the ladies who who ran for me um, had had said something on Twitter. She was somewhere else, and she said, the weather hit differently. And I was like, well, that's an interesting way to say that. And then I started hearing other people use it. And, yeah. Uh, So do do you know anyone who's not a Christian, and you can't imagine them being one because of where they are? Yes, and that's a funny story. I did not even have this in my notes. I literally just – this just came to my head. I actually have a friend who is an elementary school friend who was that way before Christmas. And it's interesting you say that, and I just now thought about it. He just recently had an encounter with Christ and came to know the Lord completely by himself. I mean, obviously with the Lord, but he was by himself. And, I mean, he was a bad dude. Yeah. I mean, like, drugs and everything. Yeah. Um, but now he has completely changed. I completely forgot about that. Wow. But, um, yeah, he came back from Christmas break. And he was just completely, completely different. It's crazy. That's awesome to see, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we all know that person that we would look at and goes, okay, if there's if there's one person out there who who I can never see, well, that person can can become a Christian too. Yeah. It's just that simple. God can reach anybody. Uh, and it should change the way we look at witnessing, really. When you see a guy like this, Bill Fay, in this case, the guy that you're talking about from your high school, it should really embolden us a little bit to realize that God can change anybody literally, right? Yeah. It's, it's happened over and over again. But we're so afraid of being rejected. You know, what What if we knew? Think about this. All those people who witnessed to William Fay over those years, who he gave him a hard time. What if you knew that going up to that guy that you're talking about, let's say back in the fall, what if you knew that you could go to him and you could share Jesus with him, and he might even give you a hard time about it, but you knew in the back of your mind, because you could tell the future, that that was going to lead to him accepting Christ. Would you have done it? 
I mean, yeah. Yeah, we, we would all do it. But we don't think that way. Yeah. We don't think that way. And maybe that's the way we need to think about witnessing is that we need to understand that it could happen any minute, any time with anybody. And that uh, most people have to hear it multiple times. Yeah. And so uh, my one time is impactful no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. It would be it would be different if we knew. Um, and that's probably how we should be thinking about it. Any other thoughts on that one? All right. Well, it is uh, time to become a Run for God coach. If you haven't become a Run for God coach and you've thought about it, maybe now is the time to do that. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You. Yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, so we are back here with Lane Hollis, triathlete extraordinaire. Lane, do you have some goals that you'd like to share for this year? I do, I do, yeah. I mean, like I said at the beginning, I would, I want to go to Worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to be, these are kind of, you know, you have number goals and then you have... Place goals. Place goals, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and so going to Worlds is one, going to the World Finals. And being the number one U.S. triathlete, yeah. 15 and 19-year-old, or 16 and 19-year-old. Um, and so, yeah, those are those are the triathlon goals. You can't really have time goals in triathlons because courses are different, races are different. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's just different like that. But, but running, track is coming up, and I... One of these, I feel like, Dean thinks they're about equal, but I think one of them is a little bit ambitious. Sub 420 in the mile, I think I think that one's a little bit, that one's going to be very, very difficult. Um, and running a 922 mile, both of which I am not even close to because I have not ran those distances in forever. And so that's just that's kind of one of those things you just kind of put out there because you think you can do it but I haven't ran either of those events in so long um, and so it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see where well, that goes and that 922 mile would make you faster than I was when I was in high school it would so. yes and those of you who don't know I barely missed Dean's high school cross country PR, so it's only fair that I correct it this track season. <laughs> Amen. I'm totally on board for that. <laughs> uh, so where do you see yourself fitting in at UTC in this coming fall? Yeah, so I'm going to be doing cross country there. Um, I currently do a little bit of work for Run for God, and I'll be doing that. And you know, I've had questions about degrees. I'm kind of 
thinking along the business degree um, side. I'm also a math guy, and so you know, an engineering type thing could. But I'm, I'm really into you know business and what that entails. Um, and of course, the cross country coach at UTC is a triathlete. Um, me, you, my dad have known him forever. Yeah. And so I will still be doing triathlons when I get into UTC. So it should be very fun. Uh, that's awesome. So uh, at UTC, your races, most of your races are 8K. Yes. Have you run an 8K race to this point? I've never ran an 8K okay. race. Okay. Never. Which is basically five miles. It's just just yeah. barely short of five miles. Yeah, I always forget if it's short or if it's a little bit long. It's just a little bit short, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the conversion is like nine seconds or something like that Yeah. at your pace. So so do you have a time goal for for an 8K? <laughs> I do. I, do. I have not thought about an 8K. I have no clue. I know about what I can do for a 5K, and I know about what I can do for a 10K. But I have no clue what an 8k is supposed to be like and so <laughs> well you'll learn it as you go i'm sure the first race will be uh an experience and you'll you'll figure it out pretty quickly i am sure any other goals that you have for life in general oh i mean yeah you know staying in the word each day keeping a's in school mm-hmm. um and those are i mean those are really the only two um but you'd like to eventually, at some point in time, do something with inside a business. Yeah, inside the business realm, yeah. um, it would be awesome if I could, you know, connect, you know, the business and engineering yeah. world. But, um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the goal. Stay staying in the staying in the the business world. You know. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, I'm not going to be in triathlons forever. And so I want to stay in that world to to be started or be able to start right when, you know, triathlon ends. So uh, And this this one's way down the road and this one's not on your thing, so I'm gonna hit you with this one out of the blue. So what about have you thought about being a dad one day? I have, and yeah. What that's gonna be like. Yes. And and I'm, are you excited about that prospect? Yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, I think it's gonna be pretty cool to be a dad. Yeah, it will be. It will be. All right. Um, so you know what time it is. It is time for our trivia question of the week. And so here's what happened. Now, I let Lane know we normally do a trivia question. I asked him would he like to come up with a trivia question. And so he agreed that he would come up with a trivia question. So at this point in time, I have no idea what the trivia question is. And so, boom, hit us with the trivia question. Okay. The trivia question is, and I'm so excited about it, I'm trying not to say the answer in the question. (laughs) What is the, and I'm trying not to make this complicated, but it's kind of like a two-part question. Um, What is... The 10K world record on the track, what is the time, and who set that time? That is the question. The 10K track world record, and what was the time? Now, I know I know the uh, person. I know the name. The time, I'm not sure. I know I'd be in the ballpark, but I'm not sure how how far off I would be. I thought I knew it, but I was off. Were you off? Yeah, Yeah. I thought I had it down. Yeah, but uh, anyway, you can send those to dean at runforgod.com. Don't send them through Messenger. 
I just had a discussion with somebody on Messenger uh, last night and this morning that had sent me a message three days ago, and I just saw it because I don't check Messenger very often. So um, you can send me messages through Messenger, but just understand that I'm not really, really good at checking Messenger. So Dean at runforgod.com, not through customer service at runforgod.com because that'll get you to a whole different place and it won't count. It's whoever gets to me first at Dean at runforgod.com to answer Lane's uh, trivia question for this week. We'll win a Run for God Run Club box. Uh, Let us know what T-shirt size you need and we will send you a T-shirt with that. So awesome. And talk about awesome. Here's why running is so awesome. The reason number 12,001 or what, I don't even how many there are, but there's a bunch of them. How about this one? It gives us something to compare other things to. So what do I mean by that? Well, here's what I mean by that. When we do hard things after we are, we become a runner, uh, they seem easier, right? So like, for example, People complain about going out in the cold to go to work, for example, and they complain about how cold it is. Well, if you're a runner and you've been running out in that cold, it's like it's not really a big deal. It's just I'm just walking to my car. Good Lord. And another example, last night I was at our church and they were talking about how cold it was in the building. And I said, I didn't notice. And they're like, well, how could you not notice it's freezing in here? And I'm like, I guess because I spend so much time outside that I just I don't even notice it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's they said. They said, "Well, what's your comfortable range?" I said, "I might notice anything outside of maybe sixty-five to 85. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it just makes things seem easier. Uh, maybe you're shoveling mulch, um, and sure, shoveling mulch is hard, but it's not as hard as that twelve-mile hard run that you did over on Saturday, right? Yeah. So you you compare those things, you're like, "Oh, this isn't so bad." Yeah. Um, it, again, the, the 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 range of what's an acceptable temperature inside of your house even. I know we keep it pretty chilly. I looked this morning before I left the house, it was 65 degrees in our house. Now, for a lot of people, it'd be like, I'm not going to keep in my house that cold. For me, it's like it, I don't even notice it. It's just yeah. it's what it is. It's yeah. just whatever the temperature is. So, um, yeah, so that's that's kind of how it works. Motivational thought of the week. This one comes from some crazy loon of a guy. I think his name is Dean Thompson. Uh, (laughs) You have to go through the bad days. Otherwise, you have nothing to compare the good days to. You know, it's all about perspective, right? It's it's. And when you realize when you're going through the bad days that the good days are coming, it makes the bad days a little bit easier. And always when I go through good days, I like to look back and remember those bad days and remember that, you know, yes, things seem bad then. But if I hadn't gone through that day, I wouldn't be at this day. Yeah. Right. So uh, it's always a good way to to keep things in perspective. Yeah. And if we're talking about running, then. Even the bad days, there's you can put something in perspective. I mean, I've said before that when I have bad running days, and not bad as in like I'm not hitting times, but I've got like an hour run, and it's cold and it's raining, and I just don't want to do it. One thing that I always think about is like Navy SEAL training. Yeah. That's like the one thing that I always think about. Like yeah. how, how can I be complaining about this right now when – I mean, you should just go look up some of the weeks that those Navy SEALs go through. Yeah. And so, but yeah, it is perspective. Yeah. David Goggins. You've seen yeah. some of his stuff. He's yeah. a, yeah, he's a crazy guy. 
Absolutely. Yep. Keeping things in perspective. So important. All right, everybody. Listen, you're doing great. Uh, you're getting through this training. Uh, you are supporting one another. Keep glorifying God in your running and everything else that you do. And may God bless every step of every run. Now, go out there and shine your light. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.